Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors lost a heartbreaker. There's no other way to describe this. Uh... Losing by a score of 121 to 120, the Raptors, I mean, I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't know. Look, listen, obviously every game right now is extremely difficult with the fact that they are missing three of their most important players, OJ Anobi, Fred VanVleet, and Pascal Siakam, right? You're just not going to win a lot of games with those guys, so every single one of these games is very important, and this is a game where a lot of the Raptors played to their best of their abilities in a game where against the Hawks, I mean, realistically, even though the Raptors and the Hawks have the exact same record and the Hawks have beaten the Raptors twice now, uh, it's still a game you expect the Raptors to win, but um, just not just not enough uh, execution by the Raptors down the stretch, and that's where it hurts the most because the Raptors had a 14-point lead with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. And listen, man, I mean, look, a 14-point lead in the NBA is nothing, you know, Um you know, possessions are so quick nowadays. People are taking so many threes. Like, stuff changes, right? But at the same time, you know, it was a very hard-fought game by the Raptors to even get to that position, considering the fact that they were down 19 points in the first half, that they really climb out of a hole. And they were, they controlled most of the game, um, you know, after that sort of slow start in the second quarter there where they really got down. They fought all the way back. Took a great lead. Things were going their way in the fourth quarter. And then the Raptors just went ice cold. Which, look, this is something that's happened to the Raptors many, many times this season. Where their offense just not, um, has not delivered for them for extended stretches. Um, this is the problem that happened early in this season. Le- you know, less so throughout the course of the year. They made some improvements. But at the start of the season, part of the reason why they were 2-8 and eight is because the Raptors would have this stretch every single game. With, like, no scoring for four minutes. And tonight, the Raptors were stuck, stuck on 112 points for over three minutes in the fourth quarter. And that allowed the Hawks to make this comeback. And even though the Hawks made a comeback, the Raptors still led for the entirety of the fourth quarter. Except for 
the final, final moment where Tony Snell made a three. And, of course, it had to be Tony Snell if you've... um, you know, it's inexplicable, really. Like, Tony Snell is literally famous for that, that that stat line, that stat graphic of him playing 28 minutes with zeros across the board, like Sam Mitchell would say, zero, 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 zero. That is Tony Snell's sort of um, legacy, uh, or what he's most known to most NBA fans for, except as Raptor fans. We have seen Tony Snell burn the Raptors when he was a member of the Chicago Bulls. We have seen Tony Snell burn the Raptors when he was a member of the, uh, you know, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, And we have seen it yet again now in Atlanta. Tony Snell still hurting the Raptors. And, you know, like, to to go into the final minute, you know, there are some regrettable plays. You know, one, you know, Norman Powell missed two free throws. He He had fell on his hand on a drive, uh, and got himself to the free throw line, and maybe that impacted his shot. It's hard to imagine it didn't, right? But at the same time, Norm is a guy who shots 90% on free throws this season, goes to the free throw line, the Raptors are up four with 56 seconds left. If he makes one or two of those, the game is entirely different. Um, But he misses both, right? I mean, like, come on, when have you seen Norm miss two free throws in a row? He's been so automatic. He's, like, probably 95% the last, like, you know, two months now. Misses two free throws there. And then on the final play, I mean, again, it, it's, you know, unfortunately it tracks back to norm, right? Because what happened was the Raptors were down, were, were up two, were protecting a two-point lead. Obviously at that point, no threes, right? No threes, absolutely no threes, right? Um, worst case scenario, the, the Hawks hit a two, you go to overtime, okay, fine, you can live with that. But no threes, but... What the Hawks did was, of course, they went to uh, Trey Young and they put him in a pick and roll. And the Raptors swarmed Trey Young. Uh, they, they sort of um, switched on the screen, but also sent a second body at him at the screen. And I have to give the Hawks a lot of credit. If you go back and watch the game winner, which I do not advise, but if you are feeling better about you know life in general and, and you really feel like you, your emotions can sustain a rewatch of the Tony Snell game winner, uh, you can see that. Kevin Herter makes a really nice cut through the lane where, um, you know, he presents this option for Trey Young to pass to uh, as a little dump off at the basket, which would have, you know, potentially tied the game. And so Norm, even though that wasn't Norm's man, that was Kyle Lowry's man, but Lowry has slid down the baseline to help against Trey. Um, Herter was semi-open. I mean, it would have been a very difficult pass. The Raptors did have two bodies in the paint. Um, and you know, who knows if they slipped the pass down to Herter, maybe, you know, uh, Stanley or whoever could have contested it. But Norm's instinct was that there's a guy cutting freely to the basket. He digs down to take away that. And in that split, the second of decision-making, Trey Young was able to keep his pivot foot, assess his options, turned away from Trey, uh, from Kevin Herter and kicked it out to the wing to Tony Snell for three. Norm didn't even have a chance to contest. It had to be Stanley Johnson going over to contest late. Um, and Snell switched it. Literally right at the buzzer. No chance for the Raptors to come back at all. And uh, just a heartbreaking decision because, look, it, I think in terms of instincts, it's absolutely like like 95% of the time it's the right play to make where someone's cutting to the basket and you dig down and you leave your man because you trust the rotation and everything like that. But in that situation, in that specific situation, the Raptors were saying no threes. So you cannot leave the shooter. And I understand that that wasn't Norm's man, 
right? Norm was, um, you know, th- th- you know, Herder was the one who was open. Norm helped there, uh, but it's unfortunate, and it's it's it, it, those two plays, of course, stand out. Having said that, though, like to pin this loss on Norm, and I don't think anyone's specifically doing it, but if you do pin that loss on Norm, like I just think that's extremely cynical, um, because that's not that's not what happened here. I think what happened here was that the Raptors, a offensively as a group, did not execute um, down the stretch. They had again they were stuck on the 112 points. It actually was Norman Powell who set up two of the Raptors' most important shots down the stretch, where Norm collapsed the defense, uh, and then kicked it out to Stanley Johnson for two threes, which, again, the Raptors were really struggling for offense. Those two threes were pretty much the only thing the Raptors created down the stretch. That was all on Norm to create that because he he drew the whole defense to him. Um, and, of course, Norm had 33 points. <laughs> and, like, you know, like, Norm played 39 minutes. Of course, heavy, heavy minutes for him right after the All-Star break. You know, conditioning, I think, was an issue for the Raptors. Uh, as it was for the Hawks, you know, of course, when you take a week off, that's what happens. But, um, you know, Norm making plays, Norm scoring, that was largely what kept the Raptors afloat in the first half when the Raptors did get off to a terrible defensive start. And, yeah, I mean, it's just hard to blame him. But, I mean, listen, you know, at the same time, though, the two crucial mistakes are the two crucial mistakes. It is what it is, you know. But um, I think in the current form, with the Raptors being so shorthanded, it's going to be tough, right? And you saw crunch time offense for the Raptors was tough. And look, crunch time offense for the Raptors, I wouldn't say the Raptors are great at crunch time execution um, anyway, but I think especially with the team the way it is right now due to the um, the COVID situation, it's really going to have to come down to Kyle and Norm. And it's, it's extra difficult because A, those two guys are now having to play way more time, even than before. And even the time that they're playing, like Norm could play 39 minutes before, but he, he wouldn't necessarily take 20 shots. He wouldn't be the first option. Now he is that first option. And so it's really going to wear on these guys physically to do that. Um, but also it's just a talent issue, right? Because if you look at the kind of shots the Hawks were getting late in the game, Trey Young operating off that pick and roll, collapsing the defense and either creating a shot for himself or creating for others, you know, there's options there. Whereas for the Raptors, like, you know, how many times can Kyle Lowry create a shot one-on-one? That's not really his skill set. That's not really his strength. You know, he tried to turn around jumper today, today late in the game. He bricked that. Raptors were lucky to get the offensive rebound um, back off of the Hawks tipping it out of bounds. But it was a hard brick. Uh, Norm, you know, slashed, drove, and, you know, uh, you know, outside of those two passes to... to, to to Stanley, which were great, but you know he also had a you know the the ball in his hands with the Raptors up two off a, a timeout where the Raptors had to inbound to the backcourt and Norm you know got a screen, tried to attack Trey Young, got into the paint, but then he dumped it off to like DeAndre Bembry who had to shoot a contested hook shot over Clint Capella with the shot clock expiring. It's not going to go anywhere. That's that's not a good shot, right? So you know the shot creation is going to be a little difficult. And really, the Raptors just need to do what they did tonight, which was build a big enough lead and hope to sustain that down the stretch because it's going to be very hard for them to close games. Um, but you know, having said all that, honestly, like it, it does suck to focus on some negatives because I do think the Raptors did a lot of things positively. It's hard to feel positive about a game like this because of the fact that the Raptors lost. Um, and again, Tony Snell literally made two shots all game, including the game winner. So, I mean, it, you know, it, it sucks. But I did think a lot of positives can be taken from this game. 
And if it wasn't for the fact that the Raptors were down, uh, and now this is their third straight loss, um, you know, you, you, you would be able to feel more positive about a game like this. Because I did think a lot of good things happened. You know, I thought... Um, you know, Norm, his shot creation has has been good. You know, he's even creating looks for others, which is, again, not something that he's ever done. But in this role, when you are the number one option, you're going to need to find some looks for other people. And I thought he had Boucher on the bounce. Uh, you know, when Norm coming off that screen, turning downhill, uh, you know, if someone goes with him, usually defense is going to step to Norm. Norm has done a good job with that bounce pass. He used to do a good job of that with Serge Ibaka. He's doing that with Chris Boucher now. The two setups to Stanley. But um, also, I think Norm has just done a good job creating his own shot occasionally, right? I mean, again, this is not something that is firmly in his skill set. But, um, you know, up top tonight, he, he drew a foul on the perimeter, three-point shot foul. A bit of an ugly pump fake, jump into the guy. But listen, hey, that's the game, man. That's that's literally half of Trey Young's game at this point. So, you know, you got to play that game. And he played that game, you know, um, him creating off the dribble, pulling up for three uh, I like that. You know, the Raptors set two screens up top for Norm to operate, and then Norm sees the defense go under, pull up for three. You know, again, it's it's you you like that aggression from Norm, and you need that aggression from Norm because you know he is undeniably the Raptors' most efficient scorer at the moment. Um, and then you know, I also liked what Chris Boucher gave them. I thought Boucher played you know an incredible game offensively. 29 points and 9 rebounds in 30 minutes on 10 of 15 shooting for Chris. Um, you know, he had a great game against the Hawks the first time around, too. I believe he set his career high. Uh, and Simon is kind of the same deal. Chris just finding the gaps. You know, listen, like the Raptors aren't going to run a lot of plays for Chris Boucher. But Chris finds a way to be involved in pretty much every single play. And, um, you know, when he's on the floor offensively, it really does unlock a lot of things for the Raptors because he is a vertical dive threat going to the basket. You know, he is a guy who um, can finish reliably. He did only, he did miss like an alley-oop pass from Kyle at one point, which, you know, was surprising. The pass, honestly, was a little bit weird. It didn't really lead Boucher to dunking the ball or necessarily leading him in stride to uh, go lay it up. It was kind of like a catch and try to lay it up against the glass. That could be a tough finish. Whatever. Um but, you know, Chris uh, just just kind of filling in around the margins, you know, like running down the floor, getting a seal early on, Kyle Lowry throwing the pass over the top to Boucher. You got two baskets that way. You know, the pick and pop three is there for him. You know, on the pick and roll, he's there. You know, even when the, the Hawks started um, trapping the pick and roll late in the game, kind of similar to uh, what the Celtics did, uh, Boucher was still able to attack in the short roll. Uh, you know, find the right passes, make the right plays. Boucher was great offensively. The only thing you, of course, you would nitpick is defensively, a little too gambly, uh, a little too hyperactive. You know, like listen, when Solomon Hill gets you on the pump fake, that's a real issue. Okay, um, and of course Solomon Hill is another one of those Tony Snell types where uh, they're gonna always they, they have a history of killing the Raptors, especially if you look at that 2016 Indiana Pacers series. I believe his um, he had two skin cells on the on the ball in game five uh, when he would have set that game to uh, overtime. But anyway, um, yeah, Boucher just can't jump on pump fakes that much. And, you know, Boucher against, you know, Trey Young, I mean, that's almost unfair. Trey's so shifty, so crafty with his little fakes, and Boucher's a little so jumpy that, you know, the matchup didn't really work out for him. Not only did Boucher fail to um, 
resist fouling Trey, but even when Trey was attacking one on one, Trey was able to get to the basket against Boucher. And listen, man, you know, I mean, Trey is obviously fantastically skilled. That guy's like six one, man. You you can't really let that guy drive on you like that. At least if Trey beats Boucher on the perimeter, I understand going to the basket. You know, you just need better defense from Boucher in that situation. But honestly, offensively, he was really good. Um, I liked what I saw from Baines. You know, him being the number one option early in the game was very um, unnecessary, and I didn't like that part. But, you know, uh, the fact that he had 15 rebounds today, including seven on the offensive glass, was great. Um, A lot of those were his own uh, missed tip-ins, which, of course, hurts. But uh, he was just a factor on the glass, and I I liked his energy. To be honest, Baines was surprisingly good in the pick-and-roll defense today, which you you would not have expected that coming into the game, considering you have... A guy like Trey Young, who's so good in the pick and roll, you know, bigs like that are pretty much toast against him. But I thought the Raptors just did a pretty good job guarding um, in that pick and roll. Despite all that, I mean, they were um, dropping back on the uh, on the pick and roll coverage, having Baines in the paint, and you know what that forced Trey Young into was a lot of like little short floaters, and you know he didn't really hit a lot of those, and you know I I could live with that. And Baines even blocked him in one time on a drive, so I thought Baines was good defensively. Offensively, again, it's just it's such a struggle, and I didn't really like that Nick Nurse brought Baines back in for a little stretch in the fourth quarter. It really seemed to hurt their offense even more to have Baines out there. I think they were actually clicking just fine without him, but it seemed like Stanley needed a breather, and so Stanley came out, uh, and he was also playing with some foul trouble as well. But yeah, I, you know, I didn't think fourth quarter Baines was necessary, but he was honestly very solid throughout the course of the game. Speaking of Stanley, he was also good. I mean, listen, the two threes at the end, super confident. Uh, and I'd like that Stanley isn't trying to do too much in his role. There is occasional times where he'll drive really hard to the basket and not make a single move other than trying to, um, you know, quickly dish it out. I, I don't like that habit of his. Um, because I, it, he just has no game plan, and I think teams kind of scout that. It's kind of the same issue Pascal has sometimes, where they try to use their athleticism and their burst going to the basket without actually making a move, and then getting caught in the air and having to make a play that's you know usually substandard. But uh, I like Stanley's confidence, man. I mean, similar to that Celtics game, you know, fourth quarter, Raptors are chasing in that one. This one they were protecting, but Stanley, same result, man. Making the threes, he made three threes tonight. He's over forty percent from three on the season. And I like his defense. You know, I, I think sometimes he's a little too physical. I think, you know, um, the the Hawks kind of played him for three straight fouls uh, at one point. And, you know, of course, you just you can't do that. But um, I, I like his physicality. I think the Raptors are missing that, especially with OG and Pascal. You need some force. You need some length. Uh, you need some switchability and athleticism. Uh, and I like the idea to start Stanley. Of course, you know, offensively, he's mostly going to be limited to catch-and-shoot opportunities, kind of standstill ones, but, you know, he's making those this season. So I, I like what Stanley gave them. The two threes at the end, you know, had me very hype. Unfortunately, that wasn't enough to win, but, you know, uh, that's it's not Stanley's fault. Um, Honestly, I, I liked a lot of stuff. I even liked, like, Paul Watson tonight. Like, you know, only had three points, but um, was pretty good defensively. You know, like, his length was a factor, I thought, a little bit. Uh, the Raptors obviously need him to hit his threes, and he only shot one of six from three. But, you know, um, he's a guy that does have a smooth stroke. I don't know if he knows necessarily how to impact the game uh, beyond catch-and-shoot three-point sh- shots at the moment. Uh, and maybe he doesn't have necessarily the rest of the skill set down. But, 
you know, I, I, I like that he got some time. You know, he's plus 16 to 20 minutes. Utah was in the game as well. Um, you know, another guy who, you know, has length to, to play defensively and he can hit a three. Um, I like the way Utah scrapped four rebounds. I know he had zero rebounds, but a lot of extra efforts that helped the Raptors secure a team rebound that don't necessarily show up on the box score there. Uh, you know, you can't play this guy too many minutes because they're not going to give you much scoring. But, uh, you know, listen, that's these are third-unit guys that the Raptors are having to turn to. Um, you know, it, it's just unfortunate, you know. And, you know, as for the rest of the game, um, I thought the Raptors coaching staff did a good job of it. Um, I think <clears throat> their game plan against Trey was good on two fronts. One, um, he was limited only six assists. We've seen him have, like, 15, 16 assist games against the Raptors. He's a guy who can really pick apart a defense. Uh, and he only had two threes made, and one of those was a really, really deep three that was contested late in the game. That was called, uh, you know, whatever. That's just pure talent, right? But um, on that front, they did well. The thing is, they fouled a little bit too much, and you know, sixteen fouls for Trey, uh, free throws for Trey Young is, you know, I mean, I'm, it, it happens a lot. Let's say that much. It does happen a lot. But I thought the Raptors did a decent job guarding him, which sounds nuts when he has thirty-seven points. But he also had six assists on six turnovers with only two three-pointers made. Um, obviously, in the overall, in the in-between game, traded a good job of, so you can't necessarily fault him. I mean, he even had a tip-in late in the game, which was key to the, the, the Hawks' comeback. And, of course, he set up the whole entire last play with him drawing, like, three defenders to him and, and uh, Snell getting open. But um, I thought, for, for the most part, they did a decent job guarding Trey. Of course, you're going to have real problems guarding the ball handler. <clears throat> without Fred around, because that's something that Fred will definitely take that assignment. Right, He's one of um, the best on-ball defenders in the NBA, if not the best on-ball um, guard defender in the NBA. When you don't have Fred, who would usually play 40 minutes, you're going to have other people covering for that. And Bembry did a decent job. Of course, him and Trey were teammates for many years in, in Atlanta, so he should know his game. Of course, Bembry's also a pretty solid defender. We've seen him guard on-ball. You know, Against the Kings, he was on De'Aaron Fox a lot. Um, you know, we've just seen it repeatedly with, with Bembry uh, playing ball handlers. I mean, uh, to be honest, at this point, you just don't want to expend as that much energy for Kyle defensively. Kyle's obviously going to be a guy who can guard on the perimeter, of course, but you need to limit it because, like, you need him to create so much more offense as well. Um, and I thought Kyle did a decent job of guarding Trey early in the game, but um, second half was mostly DeAndre. I do think though that the Raptors would have done better with Fred. I just I truly believe that, but you know that's tough. Um, I think one thing that's also tough is just like you know, the Raptors are going to have a hard time getting to the basket, right? Like they're they're trying to force feed Baines a little bit going to the rim, but he's just struggling, man. I mean, like even like dunks are not guaranteed for him. Uh, the rest of the guys, I mean, Kyle's not going to finish that much at the basket. Norm can finish at the basket, and it does a good job. Boucher can do it as well, but that's pretty much it. And there's not a lot of guys who could drive and get a bucket like Fred could, like Pascal could, like even OG could. Like, I'd be dying for an OG post-up these days. Um, I know they look awkward as hell, but I I, I really, really miss them. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, you know, the Hawks did a decent job of just protecting the basket. Um, you know, especially with Capella in the game. Of course, Capella was a minus 23 in large part because he matched it with Boucher, and Boucher hurt him elsewhere. But, um, you know, it it, it wasn't that bad. Really, the only thing I, I would say for the second unit is I do want to see them excel defensively. And that's tough to do because, of course, rotations are new. Everyone's, you know, the guys like Paul Watson haven't really played this season. He hasn't come in, you know, um, 
the, the mix is strange. You can't just expect a, a five kind of uh, players that don't necessarily always play in the same unit to excel defensively. Uh, but having said that, though, like I really do believe that the, the 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 defensive talent on the bench can be better, and I do want to see them do better, right? I don't want to see anybody off opposing benches go off for twenty points like Danilo Gallinari did tonight. Like I, I you know, you need to cut that out because I think the Raptors bench is going to struggle to score. There's not a lot of scoring talent on there, and that's a real weakness. And I wish the Raptors would address that in in uh, the trade deadline coming up. If they do decide to become um, buyers, which, uh, honestly, it's not looking good for them. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't want to see that. I, I don't want to see the opposing bench come in. Like, the first shift that the, 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 the Hawks bench came in, they went on an 11 nothing run over the span of, like, two minutes. And the Raptors had to call timeout. And the Raptors were down double digits, like, down 19 points. Like, defensively, those guys got to be ready to go. You know, you got to be ready. You got to play these guys. And the Raptors weren't ready to do that. Um, but, yeah, I just thought, you know. Look, this is honestly as close as good as the Raptors could play. And so for them to lose it at the buzzer at the end is truly heartbreaking. But it kind of is what it is. Um, you know, these are they're going to be fighting uphill all the way until some of these guys come back. And, yeah, if that ends up torpedoing them. Um, just like the Tampa move torpedo their start to the season when they were two and eight, then it is what it is. But uh, it just sucks. It sucks watching this. It really does um, because these guys fought hard for so so much of the game, and then they lost it at the end. And it's I wouldn't say an undeserving game because I do think the Hawks did a lot of great stuff to um, to come back. I thought they they changed their defense late. They, they they trapped a little bit better on the ball to stop the pick and roll. Um, you know, they got a better grasp on Norm in the second half. Norm definitely is, like, the best player in the league in the first quarter. And, you know, later in the game, his efficiency declines um, as defense is locking on him. Uh, but I thought the Hawks did a good job of that. I thought the Hawks did a good job of playing offense defense with Capella versus Gallinari in the fourth quarter. You know, some good coaching things happened in the fourth quarter for the Hawks. But, um, yeah, I, mean, I thought the Raptors should have won. And that's, that's kind of just the game. So, um I'm going to move on to the three stars, but before I move on to the three stars, I want to let you uh, people know that, listen, um, we're starting a new email newsletter here at Yahoo Sports Canada where, um, you know, if you would like to subscribe to it, um, you know, what you will get is sort of a, a hub for all the Raptors content um, that I kind of put out there anyway. So pretty much the, you know, uh, you'll get three stars. You will get, obviously, snippets of the 10 things. Uh, recaps. You will get links to the podcast. You will get the best memes and screen caps of the night. Basically, kind of put all the content in one place. So, if you're one of those people that wants to um, see that all in one place, which I, I think, it, you know, the newsletter format makes a lot of sense. I know a lot of people are still using newsletters or um, have still been using newsletters. Um, there's, you know, I'm going to drop a link into the podcast description um so you can look for that in the episode description but i I highly advise everyone to subscribe and i would really appreciate if everyone did because um you know i we're we're trying to grow we're always trying to grow and i always i've always supported and appreciated the uh the support that um that a lot of my content gets so uh i just wanted to alert people to that newsletter uh in terms of your three stars so first star I'll, i'll give it to Man, I'll give it to Boucher. I, you know, I wanted to give it to Norm, but the two mistakes at the end are just so costly. 
Boucher, 29 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. Really, the only small thing you can say is that he was in foul trouble because he kept biting on fakes. But, I mean, come on, man. I mean, he plays so hard. He plays um, such a huge role. I mean, he's playing center. He's playing power forward. He's doing so much of the scoring. He's being asked to do so much defensively. He's, he's like, he... It's weird, but it's like when he scores 29 points, it's not even like a big headline piece anymore, man. He just, it's just somehow standard for Boucher now, which is kind of incredible to see him develop the way he has. And, yeah, he's had two great games against the Hawks. And listen, man, Collins is a guy who probably will get 20-plus million in the offseason. Capella is a guy who's already making 18. Boucher's making seven. And he's just killing these guys, you know? Like, it just puts it into perspective, man. He's, he's done a great job. And, of course, yeah, you want him to sort of cut these things down. If he can get more solid defensively, he can be uh, a more reliable starter. But, I mean, we're getting a lot from Chris Boucher, and we should all be appreciative of that. Uh, in terms of your second star, get that to Norm, 33 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists. I know the mistakes at the end. I know the two missed free throws. I know, man. The, the, the uh, you know, the, the the decision to lease Snell was was not was not great, and he he copped to that after the game too. You know, he said he wasn't aware of the fact that Kyle had, you know, was already helping on the baseline. And if he had no, if he had realized that, then he wouldn't have helped in the paint. So I, I like the awareness shown by uh, Norm as well. Of course, he's not a guy who's that prideful. Uh, to, 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 he's too prideful to say he made a mistake. Of course not, right? And and he feels horrible about it. But I mean, come on. He played a great game otherwise. The two setups to Stanley were great. I want to see him create more for himself. I want to see him create more for others. I know it's a big challenge, but listen, that is the part of Norm's game that's missing. And if he can take that part, add it to his current production where he's, you know, uh, you know, such a great finisher, um, you know, yeah, he's also another guy who's, you know, way overperforming his contract. And then your third star, you know, um, I think... Kyle should get this because he did pass Chris Bosh for the franchise record. Now he's he's second in scoring all time in the Raptors. He's about 3,000 points behind DeMar DeRozan. Probably not going to catch DeMar. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, he surpassed Chris Bosh, which, you know, honestly, of course, Chris Bosh was a better scorer than Kyle. I mean, he just had more physical tools to do it. Plus, his role was more centered around scoring, which is Kyle's more of a creator. He has to shoot and also pass. Uh, but honestly, I was a little surprised. It only took Kyle 60 more games as a Raptor to, uh, to, to, to surpass Bosch's scoring, um, title, which that's not bad. Honestly, I thought it'd be a bigger difference. I mean, maybe I'm just remembering like 25 points per game, Chris Bosch, which obviously Kyle was never 25, but, uh, in any case, um, yeah, Kyle, regrettable game in terms of nine turnovers, but I thought defensively he was solid. Uh, offensively, you know, setting the tone, setting the pace for guys. Couldn't really create too much in crunch time, which is the problem. But, I mean, 17-6-12 and 12 for for Kyle. You know, are we going to be ungrateful and say that's not a good game? Of course that's a good game. So he gets a third star. In terms of your Gerald Henderson Award winner, of course you already know, man. You already know that it's Tony Snell. The guy, again, this guy. Well, hey, why was he on the floor? Was he Is he really one of the Hawks' five best shooters on the season? I, I, I. Maybe he is. I don't know, man. He's, well, I guess he's, wow, 56% from three this season? That's kind of, well, good for him. Well, but any in any case, he only made two threes tonight, and the game-winning three was one of those two. So it hurts, uh, but I'm also not that surprised. If it wasn't going to be Tony, it was going to be freaking Solomon Hill. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. It's a regrettable play. But, um, yeah, that does it for the podcast. You know, like, 
I, I, <laughs> I hope it was... I hope, you know, you could take some of the positives from this because I do think that there were some positive parts of their performance. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It is... Uh, it's also hard to see that right now. So, you know, if the Raptors take this effort and compete like this against the next opponent, uh, they could probably get a victory. But, you know, you also don't necessarily know. They're, they're, they're in a really tough spot. And they just need guys to come back. And, you know, honestly, I'm not sure when these guys come back. Because if they're positive, which at this point, I don't know for sure. And I don't want to speculate. But I think if you just look at the contextual clues, these guys have been missing for so long that it's definitely not just contact tracing. Uh, and we've seen guys, you know, be out three, four weeks. Like Drew Holiday missed three weeks. You know, Carl Anthony Towns missed a month. And if these guys are out all together for three to four weeks, the Raptors season might just be sunk just based off of that alone, which is terrible. So hopefully these guys can get back. I don't even know what condition they'll be in when they come back, you know. Uh, but, you know, I, I mean, this, these are the realities, realities of playing a pandemic, so... Uh, thanks everyone for listening, and again, go subscribe to that newsletter. Uh, this is not the cheeriest time to do it, but no, seriously, I think you should subscribe to the newsletter. I think it's going to be a great place for you every morning. You'll, you'll it'll be in your inbox. You'll catch up on all the latest Raptors news. You find the podcast. You find ten things. You find memes to uh, tweet about your day and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I encourage it. So again, look for that in the uh, podcast description. But for now, the Raptors lose and. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll fight another day uh, with the shorthanded crew. So thanks everyone for listening. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com.